Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. And I'm Nick the Human. And uh, we're back. We are back. Uh, we're we're lucky enough recording in a bit, a bit of an uh, episode we weren't counting on recording. Eric is in like a little over the midway point on your tour, right? Yeah, it's a weird tour. We're like a week and a half in. We've got a little over a week to go. Just so happens that we're at our halfway point in Brooklyn because the band that we're supporting is from Chicago and yeah. the tour route makes a lot more sense if you're starting and ending in Chicago. <laughs> and and for listener context, uh, Eric is on tour with Crazy in the Brains. Yep. I'm filling in on keyboards. Uh, it's a really rad kind of garage indie punk group from Bayonne, New Jersey. And I'm having a blast. It's a fucking fun tour. Yeah, I can't wait. The The songs are super fun. Um, I can't wait to see the show. Luckily, tonight you're playing in Brooklyn, not just in Brooklyn, but like in Greenpoint yeah. at the Kingsland. I wish we could be plugging it. Maybe I'll throw up a, a thing on the old IG. But uh, it's super cool that you're playing right there and we could do an episode here. I can't wait to see. Well, I've never seen you play keys in a band. <laughs> I don't do it very often. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be fun. And this band is super fun. Yeah, uh, it should be... How, how big is the Kingsland? I've never been there. I mean, neither. I haven't been there yet. I've had to bail out on a couple shows. So it's not a huge place, but one of the go-to punk spots. Yeah. This is a weird little intermediary moment. Uh, we played New Haven, Connecticut last night, and we just drove back to Brooklyn because um, it was only like an hour and a half drive. And uh, so I crashed with our bass player uh, in Bed-Stuy and then took... The subway up here. I'm doing laundry as we record this podcast. Yeah. Welcome to your uh, your home base, home away from home, uh, Adventure Guys headquarters, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> it's good to have you here. Yeah. So it's super fun. Um, yeah. And now we're going to talk about like a really fun, insane episode. Not insane. It's not, it's insane, but for different reasons than like last week with Mara. That was just a truly insane episode. This one is feels more of a byproduct of the way we choose to do this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I man, I feel really out of the loop. It's been what, I guess two weeks since we recorded with Mara and I've been on the road and I haven't watched Adventure Time in two weeks, which is a really long time for me. I know I, doing it weekly and we did a couple like, uh, but like in quick succession, like it feels like Adventure Time is just always sort of coursing in the background of my brain. <laughs> and yeah, it got out of here. I like, we it's, it was like we were two free men without a podcast there for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I was watching a little bit of cartoons uh, on the road, but I didn't want to watch this episode of Adventure Time because I knew I w- it, it would just immediately leave my brain as soon as as soon as we played the next show. <laughs> I've been watching uh, Teenage Euthanasia. Oh yeah, which is Maria Bamford's new show. Well, she's not like writing it, but she voices the lead character. Mm-hmm. She's great. Sweet. I'll check that. I, I, um, I, I guess I've talked about this. I'm not for having a TV podcast. I'm not the best TV watcher. <laughs> uh, just given life and music and all these things I like to do, I don't end up watching that much. I love TV and I've watched a lot of it in my life. Do not get me wrong. <laughs> but over the past bunch of years, like my consumption went down. I watched a lot of movies, but this week I watched like the first part of the Kanye documentary. I've like, oh yeah, we were talking about that in the van. Uh, oh really? I, I haven't seen it yet, but they they say it's good. It is really good. Um, 
yeah, I had I, I well, let's talk about that. I've also watched uh I finished season one of Search Party and I'm on season two and it's getting insane. Yeah, it gets every season is very different. Yeah, I can't wait. I it feels like, oh, now the show's really begun. And it keeps feeling like that. Yeah. Every season it kind of resets and it's like, oh, so now we're here. Like, yeah. I, Cool, I can't wait. <laughs> um, and then I I was watching the after party, which you finished. Yes. So a lot of there's so many shows now. It's so I guess that's always been the case, but even more so now. It's the the the, the quantity of great content. A lot of ska music in the after party. Oh right. There was I watched some of it and it it did make me happy when uh yeah, Ben Schwartz's character was in a high school ska band with this huge pop star played by Dave Franco. And everyone's kind of like making fun of ska, but I like how he still has a fondness for it and even throws in those great retorts about it. Yeah. <laughs> like there's one he's like, oh, it was only the the, the music to uh bridge the racial gap in the early 1980s. But what is yeah, yeah, it's just stupid music. Does he say <laughs> something like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um yeah, but the Kanye Duck I had said I am not watching the Kanye Duck just for because of all the recent shit that he's been doing. I was like, I don't need to engage with Kanye anymore. Um, it's weird that they sh- he like it's coming out now and all the other shit's going on. Like I feel like this could be a huge moment for Kanye because it you watch the documentary and it's so great. And then immediately I went and put on the college dropout, his first record. And I listened to it like six times this week and it was so awesome. And I was like, fuck yeah, Kanye is amazing. (laughs) But like at the same time, like what is he doing right now is just being an insane maniac. So I'm like, ugh. He's such a interesting case study. I mean, that's like, like kind of like unfairly reductive (laughs) talk about a person that way, but he's, he's, he has like such an uncontrolled ego as like a human and yet he is still one of the most collaborative artists uh, in the history of music yeah which is such a confounding dichotomy yeah you get the sense that i don't know there's a lot to the story that like i don't think most of us truly understand because it seems insanely multifaceted to be that like yeah like he seems really narcissistic yeah but then it's like yeah and so collaborative in the way it works. I'd say in the documentary, so I wasn't going to watch it. Then multiple people told me it was awesome. And and to be honest with you, um, I didn't really listen to his first three albums much. Like I came in on the later stuff because like in high school, it was just like, I got to be on it. Like I, I didn't listen to a lot of hip hop because those, those walls were still drawn up. Right. Yeah. Um, But listening to it now, I'm like, it sounds so ahead of its time for when it came out. And you're like, oh, this is like charting the next like, like, error of popular music yeah i'm actually kind of surprised we don't see more of his influence in like current mainstream hip-hop yeah um yeah it's there but and i think it was for a while but yeah it's, it's really cool but i was gonna say that the thing that's really interesting about the documentary is like i think you see some of the seed plant like a lot of his struggles are there where he's it seems like his ego, he felt like it was a necessary component to get to where he is. And the way you see like it go down where like no one wants to give him a record deal. No one wants him to be a rapper. And he just has to have this unwavering confidence in himself and push it, put to push himself and push himself forward. I think he uses this yeah. 
that that energy that's like sort of confidence narcissistic to literally manifest his dreams, which has got to be an insane then reinforcement of that behavior. Yeah, at least at a conceptual level, I understand that because right because he was he was producing beats for mm-hmm. like really successful people, and yet n- nobody wanted like him as a solo artist. So it's like, well, I'm obviously doing something right because they want to keep me around. So why won't they give me the next step opportunity? Right. And, 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 and like the, the, the solution there is, well, I just have to keep making it for myself. Like keep making my own opportunities and keep doing it. And like from the DIY world, that's yeah. like absolutely something I can relate to. It's like, well, you know, we can play a show in like some random city that I never heard of and draw 50 people. So like, we have to be doing something right. Yeah. How come like, how come we're not getting like booked on like huge tours? Like, or, or like, why do I have to keep doing this all myself? Like there, there's, there's something there that's happening. And yet why aren't other people yeah. like coming in on this with it's, me? It, and when you look at it that way, it's like really inspiring to watch. And he, he does, he goes about things really weirdly cause he's Kanye and like, uh, but yeah, like he's like talking about like, you know, one of the big songs in there is Jesus Walks. And he's like, I played that for A&Rs. And they were like, I don't like it. He actually goes into the studio. They have f- footage with uh, Scarface, who was like a huge rapper at the time. And he played him, um, I guess it was Family Reunion, I think is the song. It's like the second to last song. And then Jesus Walks. And he puts on Jesus Walks. And Scarface is just like, put on something different. Like, I, I don't know about this. And like, it's insane. Like people, and people, I mean, I thought it when it came out, I was like, I don't want to hear a Christian rap, whatever. But that song is like, incredibly enduring and amazing and it it was like nominated for all these grammys eventually so it's pretty insane to it's like wow his faith in himself and his artwork really uh really paid off it is crazy too um the amount i mean i think one of the most things that if just looking objectively is the amount of footage they have of him at this early stage is just insane because you're talking like the early 2000s when like social media wasn't a thing like the idea of an artist having a documentary like on netflix none of like none of the places that this footage could eventually end up like even existed yeah um or was even really being discussed um and the guy filming it kind of talks about it but yeah it's like it's crazy you're you're seeing like him making his first record his first year living in newark new jersey outside of new york trying to produce people trying to get these opportunities it's pretty cool yeah i'll I'll check it out probably after after this tour is over yeah 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 but it's it's cool to watch some stuff um yeah all right should we should we though i hinted at the discussion should we do episode discussion okay okay adventure it's time adventure time adventure time time all right what do we watch season five what (laughs) episode was it 22 the lemon hope episode part two lemon hope part two lemon hope part two not part one because that's not how we do things on this podcast yeah this is somehow the first episode you've heard at episode 77, which it very well could be because you love this episode. We listen to these episodes in random order. Um, Eric, what did you say to me right before we started recording? You said, I feel a little out of the loop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you said, I think we missed out on a really uh, pretty episode or something. Yeah, there's a lot of poignant moments 
to this episode that I think maybe hit harder if you know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, we we missed part one. I asked Eric, could we watch part one? And you were like, I knew the answer was no. <laughs> and, I, you know, it was fun to come into it. I was like really putting myself in the, the mindset. Okay, say I'm a, say it's 4 p.m. And I'm like a 13-year-old home from middle school and this is just on. I was like, yeah, I think I could still get down with it. Uh, but it's incredibly plot driven. It's they're not giving you a whole lot here. You're just yeah. watching it. Honestly, you, you know what I've realized? I think that is enhanced by our randomness. What's that? Is that the show is is truly so far reaching and open world. I think I've used that description before mm-hmm. that when you're watching it in order, I think maybe you lose perspective on the grand majesty of every single episode being so huge yeah. uh it's just because like things yeah things make sense watching it in order but like you have a little bit more uh like numbness to like just being in the world and when you drop in randomly it's like where the fuck are we this yeah. this, this cartoon is so huge like you can bring in the, these random characters you can bring in characters that like maybe have been introduced before but are kind of like secondary or tertiary and flesh them out and give them these like very interesting like narratives that have nothing to do with what we thought the show was about. Like like Finn yeah. shows up at the very end. Jake is not in this episode at all. And it's like, oh yeah, Finn's there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it, you're not really even concerned with Finn. Yeah, I think I think watching these episodes in random order lets me appreciate more how vast the scope of this show actually is. You're totally right. I think you're so right. And yeah, and like a character like Flannel Boxing Day <laughs> can show up and he feels oddly familiar and not out of place despite being pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, there's something about Flannel Boxing Day, like a, a sort of a fan theory that I've known about for a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to. Yeah. Just what jump. is it? Flannel Boxing Day is probably Princess Bubblegum. Whoa. Okay. Now, does, is this the only episode Flannel Boxing Day is in? Yes. Got it. Uh, so flannel is spelled with a PH. Oh, so it's the same initials, same, uh, number of letters in each name, princess bubblegum, flannel boxing day, syllables, letters, uh, pink kind of uses the same speech patterns as princess bubblegum also uses German. Uh, and PB is the only character we know that speaks German in the show. Um, is obviously pushing lemon hope towards, uh, self-discovery, but like yeah. kind of steering Lemon Hope in a way that the final mm-hmm. boxing day is has like a kind of objective of what he wants Lemon Hope to do. And Princess Bubblegum shows up at the end with that sharing that same objective. Yeah. Um, so it's just sort of Got been a, a widely like a, a widely discussed fan theory that this is PB in disguise yeah. trying way, to steer the him. way he's drawn and voice too feels like oddly familiar, but that's interesting. It's, uh, it's Creed Bratton that does the voice. Okay. <laughs> it's an office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So, all right. That's a really interesting fan theory. I like that a lot and it really does make sense. Really cool. Yeah. So I guess we'll talk to you a little bit. I'll give, I haven't done this in a little bit. I'll give like the two minute overview of the plot is that Lemon Hope is by himself out in like a desert. Flannel Boxing Day finds him and says, come with me. They're, they're going around and he's kind of like, Hey, 
Um, I go out just kind of looking for treasure. And <laughs> if you want to be my apprentice, you can. But Lemon Hope is still kind of tortured by his past and Lemon Grab and all these things. And uh, it's like, no, before, if I want to have a clear mind, conscience, and heart, I need to go back and make things right. Goes back to the Lemon Kingdom and uh, kind of def- freeze Lemon Grab, who's inside of a fat Lemon Grab. <laughs> and, and, feels like he has some peace and then goes on his way until the end of his life. He's like, I'm ready to not be free anymore and I'm ready to come home. And he comes home, but tragically it looks like the entire lemon kingdom is, is dead now. Yeah. Like way in the future, way in the future. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of like what happens. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of lost. I was like asking Eric, I was like, so lemon hope the princess, is that the next lemon creation that princess bubblegum made? After Lemon Grab, or did Lemon Grab make Lemon Hope? <clears throat> yeah, I don't know Lemon Hope's origin. Um, Despite being the marquee Adventure Time podcast in the world, as I'm going to say it, uh, <laughs> is uh, it, we, we don't know that. Yeah, but okay. Lemon Hope's first appearance was in the episode Too Old, mm-hmm. uh, which was. You know, it seems like, you know, when. Uh, I do remember this, right? So, you know, Lemon Grab, you know, the Earl of Lemon Grab, and it's when they get the Candy Life formula by from Princess Bubblegum. I think we may have watched the episode, or I've seen that episode. And he, he just created a whole bunch of... Like, fucked up lemon people instead of using it to make resources. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I, so it seems like Lemon Hope is one of those. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, something's something's different about Lemon Hope, though. Yeah. I mean, just the name. Yeah. And I mean, Lemon Hope has these like, it's an outlook. It's a younger person, you know, whereas Lemon Grab might be in his 30s. Lemon Hope is clearly like an adolescent. Um, Lemon Hope, you know, what's interesting about Lemon Hope plays the flute and it's poor, poorly, but plays the harp very well. And now, yeah. I don't think Lemon Grab can do anything well besides shriek and... <laughs> wreak havoc <laughs> yeah i guess lemon hope was sort of shunned for his talent yeah it seems like you know the earl of lemon grab imprisoned the child inside of a washroom inside the bathroom which is in bubblegum song inside the castle because he didn't oh, yeah. like the music which comes in later when they need to, he needs to defeat lemon grab the fat lemon grab <laughs> and to do that he needs to play his harp yeah, I guess, I guess Princess Bubblegum had had discovered Lemon Hope and sort of offered to have him come live in in the Candy Kingdom with her. Yeah, but he doesn't do that. I think in part one he tried, like he's stuck in Lemon Grab's castle, but he stages an escape. Yeah, but he's like not prepared to live out on his own, which is where we find him, like sprawled out on his face in the desert. Mm-hmm. And needed to be rescued at the beginning of this episode. That makes sense. Yeah. L- lemon Hope is a lemon person. So I, you have to think like this is maybe some sort of like segment of Lemon Grab's personality. Yeah. It seems like it's a part. It's kind of like Lemon Grab. I'd say we get two dream sequences in this episode they seem like dream sequences that we get in regular lemon grab episodes yeah so that feels like they're incredibly surreal um 
Lemon Hope feels sort of like trapped or controlled, but who's controlling Lemon Hope? It's Lemon Hope himself. Um, it's, it's it, I think it's a lot of themes that Lemon Grab's dealing with, but like it's kind of without a lot of the self-loathing that Lemon Grab has. Like you know, Lemon Grab hates himself and feels really like on the outside. Yeah. This doesn't necessarily feel like that. Well, Lemon Hope previously says that he hates Lemon Grab. Right. Um, well, that's consistent. Yeah. But Lemon Hope doesn't hate himself. No. No, which is different because I feel like Lemon Grab hates himself. So it's kind of like you're you're losing that, whatever that is. I, I, I wonder if like, so well, uh, The Mountain, the episode we watched with Craig. Yes. There, there's sort of a line that's left hanging that we talked about and we we read that Jesse Moynihan intentionally left it ambiguous because he doesn't feel that everything has to have a meaning or that the audience has to be privy to understanding everything in a piece of art, uh, that they're allowed to be parts that run under the surface that, mm-hmm. that just aren't meant to be understood, yeah. uh, which, you know, which is kind of his MO. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but that line that that is left hanging in in the mountain is something like something alluding to Lemon Grab's identity, and I think it sort of points to Lemon Grab being somehow incomplete. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we don't really get any more specificity than that. But I wonder if Lemon Hope has anything to do with that because if it's sort of maybe a, a part of lemon grab that's been bifurcated and and just like shunted off into its own being that maybe lemon grab feels like he's not like a real person because like he he doesn't have the the parts of a personality that would make him that and that's all in lemon hope yeah that's interesting see yeah it's interesting you're saying lemon hope has things lemon grab doesn't i was thinking that lemon hope has things like Lemon Hope is like Lemon Grab without this sort of like this sort of like self-loathing need to be loved, needs somebody tell me that I'm okay, like I feel like a freak. Lemon Hope has a little bit more self-assurance and maybe that self that self-assurance is what Lemon Grab needs and maybe why he's so angry. There's also another episode we watched where Lemon Grab's having like a nightmare. Maybe it was in the mountain where he he see he goes back and sees the kingdom and Lemon Hope is the new ruler and he's sort of like Yeah. No. Yep, yep, yep. That's and, right. You know, I, I almost feel like cause like, all right, so if Lemon Grab's a little bit older than Lemon Hope, right? They're kind of like a Lemon Grab's either like a father or a older brother or like a kind of a generation apart. It's Lemon Hope. I you know, it's kind of something in human nature you see sometimes where it's like the older person sees the younger person that maybe is doing better or has something and you're kind of like, no. And they're kind of like mean to that younger person sort of bullying them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The way I interpreted that scene in the mountain was that lemon grab was afraid that lemon hope would inherit the things that lemon grab felt he deserved himself. Yeah. Um, And threatened because of like, you know, this confidence, the self-assurance, this talents that lemon grab doesn't have. Yeah. And princess bubblegum has, sort of favored lemon hope in a certain way and offered lemon hope things that she didn't offer lemon grab. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, yeah, I mean, there's, there's an obvious strain of jealousy there. So I, I, I think, I think these two, these two characters are connected 
somehow. Yeah, they are. And it's like one of those kind of cosmic jokes where it's like, all Lemon Grab wants is to be loved. Like he never goes to Princess Bubblegum at some point and sort of like, like as a mother, like, please love me or accept me or, or something. Make me whole. Help me. Whatever. He, he's got this need to be loved. And that need uh, deprives him of confidence, which would, you know, and the need and everything makes it harder to love Lemon Grab because he's so desperate to a point where it's insane and keeps him from forming a full bond whereas lemon hope has more of this self-assurance which then leads him to being more lovable and affords him the opportunities that lemon grab would like yeah. so it's like the and, very and he doesn't do anything with that also he just uses that that confidence to just get the fuck out of there right so, so like he has these things that Lemon Grab wants and he's not even using them for the same for the same reasons. Right. It's it's like one of those things where it it it's sad, but it's like almost like a truism of life where it's like Lemon Grab is so stuck in this one cycle and his wants and needs that keep him in the cycle are also preventing him from getting what he wants needs. Yeah. And uh Lemon Hope exists like outside of it and doesn't even care. Like I mean, it's like, how many times have we seen that? It's like one of those, like, you know, someone who's uh, really good. You see this, like, when you're a kid, right? Um, I, I just read, like, a short story. It's reminding me. But, like, a kid who's really good at, like, uh, say on your block, like, uh, at basketball or skateboarding or baseball or something. It's like someone's just really good at basketball. And you're like, I really want to be good at basketball. And you're... Go, there's kid going to camps and his dad was a basketball guy and he's trying really hard, but he's just never that good at basketball. But the kid down the street is just sort of like, doesn't care that much and is naturally good at it. And then kind of just stops playing basketball. And it's like, gotta be infuriating to the other kid. Who's like, I'm putting so much work into this. Yeah. I don't know. That happens all the time. Music. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's, Art. yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot to parallel just, relationships between these two characters yeah um yeah i every everyone seems to have their own design of what they want lemon hope to do yeah and lemon hope doesn't agree with any of them no lemon hope really seems to need to get out onto his own which is extremely understandable thinking about the situation that lemon hope comes from yeah yeah, he doesn't want to hang around Lemon Grab. He ultimately doesn't want to be Flannel Boxing Day's apprentice, no. even though that character is a disguise existing for the sole purpose of steering him back into uh, helping out the Lemon Grabs. And then he doesn't want to do that either. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it could come from think about like he would have a fundamental distrust of maybe authority figures or other people telling him what he should do because like his first experience with that is lemon crab which is going bad and princess bubblegum and like it's just all strife he's getting locked into bathrooms so then for somebody else to tell him what he wants to do it's kind of like nah i think i need to go establish my own plan here yeah and it's not ever revealed what it is no we just know that he's been on his own journey for a thousand years yeah, which is wild. I think that's like a really nice open-ended like character arc. I do too. Where it's like the shit that Lemon Hope got into is probably 
just as wild as some of the shit that Finn and Jake gets into. Oh, for but, sure. But the way he handles himself is probably like totally different. Mm-hmm. So like that's that's an entire like other show that could could exist. The Lemon Hope Adventures. <laughs> yeah. It's very true. And I like that though, that like it's harder in these shows. You're saying like we don't know what Lemon Hope really wants to go do or what that journey is. Because I think a lot of times in these shows we're so used to that being kind of laid out for us, like there being a clear motivation. I think the clear motivation is that Lemon Hope needs to go have his own journey. And I kind of like that it just ends there. Yeah. And then it happens. Yeah. The other thing about Lemon Hope is that he doesn't really speak all that much. No. Uh, Definitely doesn't do a lot of soliloquizing or anything like that. Like Finn talks out loud to himself all the time and usually for the benefit of the audience. And Jesse Monet has talked about that, how expository Finn's talking to himself kind of shit can be. Uh, Lemon Hope just doesn't, doesn't reveal a lot to the audience. No. I mean, that seems intentional. Yeah. Like I, I don't think Lemon Hope, you know, that's even existing uh, like within, within the universe, like not like uh, from an audience perspective, but uh, Lemon Hope is not someone that wants to reveal his intentions. Mm-hmm. It's a little more of an insular character. Yeah. Well, I, I think the, the intentions is something that Lemon Hope's even trying to figure out. Like in after those dreams, it's sort of just like, what are these dreams? What am I haunted by? What do I need to do to move forward? Let, let alone, what do I want to move forward? It's kind of like, I need to deal with some of this shit before I can even move forward. And so there's a lot of like thought and discovery happening. Yeah. I think... Yeah, he distrusts authority figures, doesn't want to do what other people tell him to do, but also by holding his cards pretty close to the vest, he can he can avoid having that confrontation altogether. Mm-hmm. Where like I think his natural inclination is to be a contrarian, right? Where like he won't do what someone tells him to do, but if he just doesn't r- reveal what he wants, what he doesn't want, or doesn't interact with people enough to, for them to give him di- a direction, then he doesn't even have to have that confrontation. Right. Interesting. Which is why the audience doesn't get to know what he's up to mm-hmm. because it's, it's more, I think it's more than a narrative device. I think it's like a character trait is yeah. I guess what it comes down to. Yeah. I think you're right. It doesn't, you know, and I, yeah, it's, it's not like a contrarianness, like in the classic sense of like, like a fuck you. It just seemed, it's like way more sub, dude or something like it's more of like a no i want to figure out for myself i don't want to listen to anybody because of how clearly lemon hope's been mistreated yeah i i get i get the sense that anything any life advice or journey that would be suggested to lemon hope he would automatically not be interested in yeah even if it was something that he might have explored on his own before getting that direction he would he he wouldn't want to do it just because someone told him that. Yeah. So, so the less he interacts with people, the more freedom he has to do anything that he wants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very enigmatic character. Mm -hmm. Super enigmatic. Yeah. I like this. I like the character a lot though, more than I thought. Um, like, you know, conceptually. (laughs) Yeah. It's, yeah. It, yeah, it's 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 pretty monumental I think writing a character like this in a show like Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think 
There's I, like I, a true, there's like a true innocence to, to, to Lemon Hope that I guess Finn kind of has, but like it's played more for like fun. And, and this is more of like an innocence that's been kind of taken advantage of maybe. Yeah. I think the first time I watched her the show and, and well, every, every other time, time I've gone through these arcs, like I think I sort of got the read on Lemon Hope as cold and indifferent. And I don't, I don't think that's, that's true. Um, I think maybe that's a kind of a surface level thing, but I think maybe he's just sort of responding to like past trauma yeah. and he's, yeah, he's, he's closed off, but it's not, a, not out of indifference. No. And, but the sweetness is still there in Lemon Hope. Like, yeah, you can tell it's not out of coldness or indifference. It's literally like trying to figure it out. It's kind of like, I don't know. It's like one of those hard parts of like when you meet a kid that's like in like you know who's like 15 or something and it's like okay that kid's been through some shit (laughs) but it's still a kid and there's still the sweetness and hope it's not like jaded but it's also sort of like that kid's figuring it out you know what i'm you know i'm talking about like um something i haven't thought about in a long time being in my early 30s (laughs) but it is something that like we've definitely seen and, and been through yeah i wonder i wonder what the sort of audience reception to this character is like I haven't heard a whole lot of discussion about Lemon Hope, honestly. Um, I don't see like Lemon Hope stands on all the meme pages, but I wonder if kids react a certain way to seeing this character. Yeah. I think it's a harder character to like. It's a little more challenging. It's <laughs> yeah. a little potentially sad, you know. I wonder too, Eric. I like this version of episode discussion where this is kind of like uh, one that you always want to have, which is not. A, <laughs> extremely plot driven yeah <laughs> uh, yeah we're just investigating the character really yeah because he doesn't pop up too much in the show this is really one of the only opportunities we get no but very intriguing because if you watch this show you love lemon grab so that there's another lemon character is very like oh i want to know about that yeah this really just deepens the discussion on lemon grab and in a way that i don't think comes up all that often yeah, you have to include Lemon Hope in in a Lemon Grab discussion. And we've gone 77 episodes without getting there. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it says something about Lemon Grab, for sure. And there and there are sort of, there's like, like a B plot line of like character development for actual Lemon Grab. And that this is the culmination of the, the two Lemon Grab split character and how he gets put back together which is a detail that i had forgotten for the longest time like every time lemon grab came up i just could not remember how how he got separated and then put back together again but this is the episode where it happens so oh right yeah <laughs> yeah lemon grab's been eaten which we we saw right uh yes and does that become a fat lemon grab oh my god it's so confusing yeah is it in one of the grables episodes that yeah yeah that the I forget well I forget how the two lemon grabs came to be. Me too. But, oh, that's because he's so lonely and was doing all this stuff. So doesn't um, Princess Bubblegum make him another lemon grab? So he's no longer lonely. But then this episode, she's like, okay, it's clear that his best state is alone. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's that's fucked up. But <laughs> and he just goes me. <laughs> Yeah, it's fucked up. Uh, Eric, did you see the snail? Yeah, I saw the snail. 
Nick, did you see this nail? No. You knew it when you asked me. (laughs) (laughs) So I was probably taking notes. No, he was there. Like, you were looking at the screen. Okay. Where was it? Uh, Right at the beginning of the episode. I think it was on um, Flannel's cloud ship. Ah. Yeah, I I gotta start looking earlier because it tends to it does not tend to come in the last like third of the episode. Usually, I'd say in the yeah, first two thirds. Yeah, I say yeah, majority of the time it's it's somewhere up front, and I, I prefer that because then like sometimes I get distracted looking for it, uh-huh. and if it's like towards the very end of the episode, then I just wasted like nine minutes of of analysis looking for a fucking snail yeah it's frustrating fuck (laughs) well here's your song again one second one second I'm sorry Eric Dano uh, if you're enjoying this episode, as just a reminder, please rate us five stars on iTunes podcast app on the Spotify app. Uh, you know, you can tweet about us. That'd be cool. Uh, tell one friend or if you want, you can even give us, you know, 99 cents or up to a thousand dollars. Why am I capping it? Million dollars, however much you want to give to us uh, <laughs> over at anchor.fm slash adventure guys podcasts. Yeah, as of right now, which is what March? Oh, we missed our three eleven day. That was yesterday. Oh, shit, March twelfth, two thousand twenty-two. Uh, we are not currently running ads, which means we're not making ad revenue. I don't know if you noticed that. Why are we not doing that? Uh, it turned off. Oh, really? I think after a year and a half of doing this podcast and running ads for Anchor, yeah. <laughs> the our hosting platform, uh, we've made $50 in advertising revenue <laughs> over like almost, ten, we've had almost 10,000 plays, I think. Yeah, something like that. Um, so 10,000 plays, $50. That's <laughs> pretty, pretty pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... It, it turned off. I think we made the maximum amount of ad revenue. So if you're listening to this in the current times, you're probably not going to get the ad break that would normally come. Yeah. Uh, but if you're listening in the future, maybe we got real famous and you're about to hear an ad for, uh, I don't know, Squarespace or some shit like that. I like that there's a, uh, <laughs> the, 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 right now we're doing a real good temperature check. <laughs> if you want to sponsor us too, you can email us at um did you see the mail at gmail.com we would take sponsors yeah and we'll hard code that into the episode usually uh our ads are dynamically generated so if you just binged like our entire podcast all 77 episodes uh you probably and you're in march of 2022 you probably got to do it without listening to any ads yeah that's good yeah and and they they come in and they come out but yeah if you give us the money not even a lot of money. We'll we'll promo you, your your band, your business, your restaurant, your hot sauce company, your uh, <laughs> boner pills, whatever the hell <laughs> people use uh, this for. Squarespace. Yeah, I mean, come on, guys. We'll make us. Yeah, please give us some money. Yeah, um, or you could just you know do the the pledging a dollar a month thing on 
Anchor.fm slash Adventure Guys Podcast. Woo! Okay, Miscellanea Mania. Okay, uh, so this was storyboarded by Tom Herpich and Steve Wolfhard, uh, connected to a lot of other episodes in the series, most notably in the future scenes. Um, we get a we get a few shots of what Ooh a thousand years in the future is like over the course of the series. All of the Grables episodes technically take place a thousand years in the future because it's it's Cuber that tells stories from like. The before times and then there's the one grables episode that like it breaks the fourth wall even more that like then cuber has to like go into like the world and experience shit happening around him but it's a thousand years in the future and we sort of see like the crazy shit that's going on yeah um and and they are pretty consistent about like what the landscape is like a thousand years in ooze future um so like we see when Lemon Hope is is traveling around like the new tree fort where Finn and Jake used to live. It's now it's now ferns seed that has grown into like a super huge tree. Yeah, the Candy Kingdom is abandoned, and I think because that's because like it becomes mobile. I think what <laughs> I think what happens is like the Gumball Guardians get like redesigned into one huge what are they called the prize ball guardian or something kind of like a giant mech and all the candy people live inside of it. And he sort of just like walks around. Ooh, (laughs) (laughs) I want to see that. (laughs) I think that's what happens. Wow. But yeah. So every time we see like the future future, uh, cause Ooh is already in, in our future. So that's the, it's the future 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 future. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's cool. That is very cool. I love that. Uh, so this whole whole story, this whole episode is, I guess, analogous to the biblical story of Jonah. I don't know it. I don't know the story of Jonah either. I'm looking it up on Wikipedia. I don't think you have to play the, the Google song. Uh-uh. Ah, okay. Oh, God, dude. This is so, like, I, they're not giving me a one-note sentence on this. <laughs> Let's just keep moving. Yeah, I'm... I don't care. I'm not keen on biblical references. Um, I do care, but like not right now. Uh, <laughs> I'd say in Lemon Hope Part Two was oh, uh, first PB solo song. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised there's not more of that in the show. The song is is kind of silly. Yeah, it I, it touches on like key moments in Lemon Hope's arc, which we missed. I think she references a lot of what happens in part one, but whatever. Whatever, yeah. And it, it it makes like a nice little fun ending for the episode, but um, also giving it some levity. I don't know really why Finn was laughing at her when she said she had a song. I was like, isn't she good enough at this to <laughs> warrant it? Yeah, I guess. I guess Princess Bubblegum. I mean, she doesn't sing all that much throughout the show. Um, whereas Marceline sings all the time. 
Yeah. So, I mean, we kind of know how their relationship is a little bit, you know, like maybe Marceline's the more creative one and PB's the more logical, scientific one. But I bet, I bet Princess Bubblegum is like a little bit bashful about singing since like she has dated like this like well-renowned singer in the land <laughs> <Yeah>. of you. <laughs> I get that. Um, yeah, yeah we- Marceline's pretty famous as like, like this isn't something that's like kind of really touched on. Yeah. But there's, there's a few episodes where they do like concerts and like Marceline is like a featured performer. Yeah. And, I and, think I never got that. I always thought she kind of was like a, she loved playing. She got her bass at home and that was kind of it. No, she does shows like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, the obsidian special really shows a lot more of that. There's like, like she's given like concerts with like hundreds of screaming fans and shit. Oh wow. That's cool. <laughs> I want to see that. I've been holding out until we do that one. It's a good one. She should do soon, probably. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's that's my analysis of why PB is bashful about singing. Yeah. Cool. All right. I did see this. They talked about how he had a uh, Lemon Hope in his room has a Bad Seeds banner up. And I was like, oh, that'd be a good band name. And then in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, it's because it is a, ba- a band name. <laughs> Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. <laughs> so it's like, it's got to be a reference to that. Um, yeah, the thing he's walking up in is like MC Escher stuff during a dream. He's like in an MC Escher drawing. Oh, yeah. What were what were we taking to be the meanings of those dream sequences? I think the first one with the chains is like, there's some symbolism there. Yeah. Um, but what was, yeah, what was the deal with that? Like ascending the MC Escher mountain to the bird's nest. I guess it was f- free to fly away and become a new newborn. Now, now he was, cause he had gone through and like completed the journey and redeemed himself. Now he could go on his own. Like he had made it through those trials. Kind of what I took it as. I guess. I don't, I'm not saying that's correct. <laughs> I'm just positing what I, what I thought. Yeah. Cool dream sequences. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much what I got. Okay. Let's see what we're going to watch next week. What are we going to watch next week? What are we going to watch? One ninety five. He's sweet. Oh, that's that's funny. That's what we were talking about. Yeah, that's what you thought we were gonna watch. Yeah. <laughs> Making sure we haven't seen this one. Yeah, I don't think we have. Yeah. All right, be sweet, which is season what? Oh yeah, <laughs> season that. season six, episode thirty nine. It's a sweepy episode. Oh, LSP is babysitting? Yeah, I guess. I think we talked about B-Suite. Yeah, something happened. We referenced something with this. Probably when talking about Sweet Pea and everything. And all that goes along with that. Cool. All right. Well, fun up. Eric, I'm excited to see the show tonight. Yeah, it should be a good one. Uh, Cool. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace out, y'all.